Okay, so first of all, the, uh, the breakfast this morning is being sponsored anonymously, the Lakavi, the art site of the Helika Kamarna, tonight and tomorrow. Tonight and tomorrow, the Neshama should, uh, should be a Mayas for for the anonymous sponsor, for the whole Kila, for the whole It's a big, um, big schos. Okay, so last week we, uh, we went back into Sefer Yeshua. So you were talking about the Maisa of the 12 stones. That's what we were talking about uh, last week. So just Bekitzer, <clears throat> again, there's, like I mentioned last week, there's different sheetists in the Rishonim and the Mepharshim exactly how like, the story unfolded. But at least last week, what we went with was the, story, was the approach of the Malbim. So just Bekitzer Nimrats. The way the Malbim explains it is that this was the process. And it's all based on Psukim and Parshish Kisavai, that Moshe Rabbeinu tells Klai Yisrael this mitzvah, although in Kisavai it's not so clear you know, exactly how it's supposed to be, but this is the process that it that how it was fulfilled, uh, again, according to the Malbim and Sefer Yeshua. So, Kal Yisrael is crossing the Yardin, and step one, they find 12 stones representing the Jewish people, uh, the 12 Shvatim, in the Yardin itself. They take the stones out, and that's step one, okay? Step two is that when they eventually conquer the city of Yerichai, and they conquer the city of Ai, so now they find themselves by the location, by the place of two mountains, Har Grizim and Har Evil. And that's when the step two of the mitzvah kicks in, as the Pasuk says in Parshish Kisavai, to take those stones that you took from the Yardin, erect them by uh, Har Grizim and Har Evil, by that area, and turn the 12 stones, to do two things with them, turn them into a Mizbeach, so, and then on the Mizbeach, sacrifice Karbanas, Oilis and Shlom and different Karbanas. And then step, then uh, the final step is, then turn those stones from Mizbeach, I guess they're still Mizbeach, but turn them from Mizbeach as well to a, uh, a Sefer Torah, pretty much. Pasuk says, cover them with lime, and write on them the words of Torah, be'er hetiv, in a clear manner. That's what it says in Parshish Kisavah. So that's what we're going to, so last week we talked about this Indian of Bechla with the 12, 12 stones, and, and sort of the, the, the 12 stones in stage one representing Kal Yisrael, and then I guess Kal Yisrael turning into a Mizbeach and a Sefer Torah. That's really what we spoke about last week, but let's focus on t- today where we're going to talk about is this Indian of how these stones were, how the Torah was written on these stones and its significance. They're hative in a clear way, but just um, to get back into it, if you take a look at Maramaka number one, so this is a couple psukim from Parshas Kisava, like I said, in Parshas Kisava, that's when the mitzvah of dealing with these stones is mentioned. By the way, Agav, just a little bit on the side, uh, maybe it's not so much on the side, but... Uh, the, uh, the Rambam, for example, in, in, um, in Sefer Mitzvahs, so the way the Rambam writes Sefer Mitzvahs is that he has, it's a list of 613, but before the list, he has 14 kolalim, 14 shrashim, 14 principles of conceptual ideas of what, what we sh- how, to def- how to determine whether something is one of the 613 or not. So in Kalal Gimel, the third, uh, I think it's the third one, the third principle, the third shrash of the Rambam over there, the Rambam says that any mitzvah which is l'shah, which was temporary, not Ludoris, not forever, that's not in 613. 613 has to be mitzvahs, which are forever. So the example, the example, one of the examples that the Ramam gives of a mitzvah, which is only temporary, it was a one-time deal, it's not forever, is erecting these stones. Right? We don't, it's not like a mitzvah, an ongoing thing, every single year we have to do this, or every single day. It was a one-time, one-time deal. Now, it's interesting because very often, uh, not every single one, but a lot of the shroshim, that the Rambam wrote over there, he's writing them to disagree with an earlier Ma'inah uh, Mitzvah, an earlier authority that counted the Mitzvah, that's the Bahag. The Bahag is one of the, one of the Gainim 
one of the early Svarim to count the 613. And he, in fact, counts erecting these stones as a mitzvah. It's one of the 613 to erect the stones as a mitzvah, which is a pella. I mean, uh, the logic of the Rambam that mitzvahs, that to be 613, it should be forever, that's pretty sound. So the Ramban, this is sort of on the side, but it's good to know. The Ramban, uh, the Ramban over there on the Rambam tries to defend the Bahag. And he says, of course, the Bahag agrees in principle that only mitzvahs which are forever should be counted in 613. So why does he count the need of these stones? So he says that the sheet of the Bahag is, even if the act of the mitzvah is a one-time deal, but if the effect of the mitzvah is forever, that's going to be 613. And says the Ramban, Although the mitzvah of erecting these stones was a one-time deal, so we don't have to continuously do them, but the effect of having them and what they represent and what they replace, that is taka forever, and that's what's counted as a mitzvah. Now, it's interesting, the Ramban doesn't really tell us what was the, the polyite said, like what, what was the accomplishment of these stones that is forever. If it's, if it's having a monument to remind us of the miracles, the monument is not forever. We don't know what these stones are. So to say that that's an ongoing thing, it's a little bit difficult. But, uh, but maybe, maybe, uh, maybe after today we'll be able to understand a little bit more in Pneumius what is the everlasting effect of these stones. But upon him, that's the, that's the Maisa. These 12 stones turn into a Mizbech, and then the Torah is written on them. Okay, so take a look at Maramok and one just to get back into it. Again, from Parshish Kisav, says Maisha, the day that you cross over the Yardin, Elor, it's Asher Hashem Elokecha, no, he's saying, the day, the, the, to the land that Hashem is going to give you. You should erect these big stones. Cover them with lime. And you should write on them the words of the Torah when you, when you cross over. No, that's what the, the Malbim explained. Why does it say the extra word about when you cross over? It's just said in the first passage, like when you cross the yard. The answer is the writing of, the turning the stones into a safer Torah. That was later. That was when they already got the Har Grisim and Har Evo. And so says the Pasuk, now, and this is going to be important for today, says the Pasuk, why should you do this? Why should you write the Sefer Torah on the stones? That it should be a schus for you to conquer Eretz Yisrael. So to conquer Eretz Yisrael, right, in order to be able to, to settle, conquer and settle land of Eretz Yisrael, Says Moshe Rabbeinu, erect these stones and turn them into a safer Torah. So that's going to be also important to understand what exactly is the uh, the skula, what's the, the connection between this mitzvah in particular and conquering Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so let's talk about it a little bit practically. What what exactly what was written on these stones? So again, the, you don't have all the psukim in front of you in Marmalka number one, but later on Moshe Rabbeinu explains that again he repeats over that you should write the Torah on these stones be'er hetev in a clear manner, in a, an explicit way. So what was written there, and what does it mean, what does that mean? So take a look at Marmok number two. The Ramban, on Chumash over there, brings down a tradition from the Gainim. And he says like this, Am Rabbi Avram b'shem Gain. Rabbi Avram says the name of one of the Gainim. Again, obviously he had this tradition going back. Shekos v'alehem minyin ha-mitzvahs. So says the, the, the Gainim said, that, it, that what was written on the, on the stones was not all of Chumash. What was written on the stones was a list of the 613. Similar to what you have in the Halachas Gedolis, or, or like I mentioned, the, the Bahag, you know, the early Svarim by the Ga'inim that were written to list the 613, or like the Rambam, for example, in Sefer Mitzvah, a list of the 613, that's how it was written on these stones. Now, one thing that is unclear, before I should pick up on this, it's a little bit unclear because 
he, the Ramban references specifically the Halachas Gedolos, that Sefer of Halachas Gedolos, that, that it was written, the, the, Torah was, the 613 was written on the stones, similar to how it's written in the Sefer Halachas Gedolos. What's unclear is as follows. In the Sefer Halachas Gedolos, there, in Yahazaris, there, there's a certain style over there. It's not just a list, but it actually, it, it, all of the 613 is turned into one poem. And it's a, it's a poem with, uh, that's like sort of each line contains within it a hint to a number of mitzvahs, and each line flows into the next. It's Mamish a poem. It's a poem. And in that poem, there's the hint of the 613. So does the Ramban Mamish mean that it was written like as a big poem on these stones, and in the poem there was a 613? Does he mean just a, a list, and he's just giving that sefer as an example, but not exactly like that sefer is? Unclear. But definitely it wasn't just bracious, you know, just the parashiyas of Chumash, it was a list of 613. Says the Ramban, v'tam be'er hetiv. So what does it then mean when the Torah says that, that it should be written clearly, explicitly? Rabbi Seinu Amro, so he quotes the Gemara in Saita, Lama Bezim b'shivim lashem. That it was a list of 613, true, but that list had to be translated on the stones to all 70 languages. That's what it means, that be'er hetiv. It should be uh, explicit and clear to all, with all the languages. Okay, that's, so that's the tzura. That's what you have in these stones, a list of 613, Maybe even a poem, unclear, but explained and in, in, translated in 70, 70 languages. So uh, they were very big. The Pusik has big stones, or it was an ace. Those are the, those are the two options, you know. Either Bederchateva uh, or Laman Bederchateva. There are, by the way, there are other, other shitas that say that it was all of Chumash written on these stones, and they go out of their way to say that it was an ace. So it sounds like if it was just 613. Uh, you could fit that into large stones, but I never tried to write on the stones, so I don't know. But uh, that's what the, that's the Ramban. Okay, now fine. That's the Tzura. That's the Indian. Now let's investigate a little bit Pneumius of what's going on over here. Again, the Pusik said that by doing this, we'll be able to conquer Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so we're going to learn some uh, Rabbi Nachman this morning, and we'll see. Again, Rabbi Nachman doesn't address this mice specific with the stones, but there's Tars and Rabbi Nachman that I think shed light on it. Okay, Marmok number three says so a piece in the Kutamaran. Chelak Aleph Simen Lamed Vav. Just go through it because uh, now there's no Akdama that I can give, so we're just gonna we're just gonna read it. V'zeh al Klal. So Yenachman says this is the principle: Kikol Nefesh Miyisrael who Mushrash B'Shivim Nefesh Shol Beis Yaakov. We know that Klai Yisrael come to Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is a place that we become a nation, we become a people, and we come to Mitzrayim B'Shivim Nefesh, seventy souls, right? So you have three of us, the Shvatim. But then when when we're moving into an Am, in the Kla Yisrael, the most uh, uh, concentrated or essential version of the Jewish people as a nation is Shivim Nefesh. Shivim Nefesh. And then once from Shivim Nefesh, now it turns into 600,000. So it says, Rabbi Nachman, Kikol Nefesh Yisrael, and every individual Jew, not only are you connected to the 600,000 Yidin, right? There's, uh, the Rizal talks about this, you know, in a number, Shark Gulam is a major section of it about this, that that the six, there's 600,000 root neshamas, all the millions and millions of Yidin that existed in all the generations and continue, and continue as Hashem, so there, there's millions of neshamas. But those neshamas are all branches, twigs, leaves from, from the major branches, the major roots of Kla Yisrael, which are the 600,000. So 600,000 sharshay neshamas, sharshay neshamas, root, root souls, from those roots come branches and twigs and leaves and so on, all the individual yidin. So we all ultimately come from 600,000 
And so says Rabbi Nachman, but those 600,000 ultimately are rooted in the Shiv and Nefesh, in the 70 souls. The Shiv and Nefesh shall base Yaakov. And like we spoke about last week, and a deeper identity of even the 70 souls of the Jewish people are Mishrosh and Mishiv and Panim Shal Tyre, are rooted in, as Chazal put it, the 70 ways to interpret Tyre. Like we spoke about last week, the significance of those stones, 12 stones representing Kala Yisrael being turned into a Sefer Tyre and being turned into a Mizbeach means that the very root of, an ish, of every single Jew and Bechlal, the, the Jewish people, were rooted in, in Tyre. We're, that's who we are. We're just walking Sifri Tyre, walking letters of Tyre. So the 70, so, all the Jewish people uh, essentially are 70 souls, and those 70 souls are rooted in the 70 ways of interpreting Tyre. And the purpose of life, like we mentioned last week, is to unravel your Sefer Tyre, is to, to manifest, to reveal your particular portion in Tyre, and your particular portion in Avaida, right? So that's the, the, the stones being turned into a Mizbeach. It means your particular portion in Avaida, Tfila, and so on. That's who you are. That's our Avaida. So it says Renachim like this. But, here, but how, how does a person, <coughs> how does a person uh, discover their Chelek in Tyra? Or their Chelek in, 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 in Tfila? So this is, this is troubling. But Renachim says like this. There's always a balance between good and evil. Shekineged Shivim Nefesh Shal Beis Yaakov, corresponding to the 70 souls of the, of, of the Jewish people, who, again, whose task is to discover the 70 sides of Tyre within themselves. Him Shivim Lashen, there's a count, there's, a, the op, there's the opposing force of the 70 languages of the 70 nations. Shekol Lashen Veloshen, every single nation of the 70 nations. Yeshla Mida Rabif Neatzma, they represent a particular obstacle, a particular Yetzar, a particular negative trait. Something that's the opposite of that aspect in the Vayetz Hashem. Ma'ashe'en b'chavrta, that the other nation doesn't represent. So there's a certain, uh, so uh, for example, so this would be one, um, uh, are there any, anyone French over here? I don't want to offend anyone, but you're Yidin, so it doesn't make a difference. But the, it's brought down by the Svarim that the quality of the, 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 the French language and the French, uh, I'm talking about Goyim, by the Goyim. The French, uh, the French people, they are the embodiment of the meat of Gaiva. It's the meat of Gaiva. And so, so for example, so you'll have one, one uh, just an example. So if you have, uh, so for example, we have one, one of the 70 nefashas of Beis, of Beis Yaakov, of the Jewish people, that's, that's a particular category of Yidin, and in their very root of who they are is a particular chelik of tar that they have to manifest, they have to bring out. But in order to bring that out of them, they have to, as Rabbi Nachman is going to explain, they have to go through a particular gullus that fits with their particular potential. And so, uh, and so the Rabbani Shalom, whatever the decision is from the Rabbani Shalom, how he understands these things, if that particular chelik of Torah is, is rooted in, uh, you know, uh, in a particular way, so they might have to go through the particular gullus of France to bring out their kachas. What's the gullus of France? Not just being in the country, but it means a particular meat, that midarah of Gaiva, for example, that, that is represented by that language, and it comes out. And every nation is like that. Every nation is like that. So he says like this. Fine. <clears throat> and because of these negative traits, so you know the 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 Torah is is uh, is is not being revealed by the Shivim Nefesh properly because of this mania, because of this obstacle called the seventy languages that's blocking that Torah from coming from the seventy souls. And when a soul from the Jewish people 
is put under Golis of the 70 languages, of the 70 nations. Hainu, what does it mean? It doesn't mean that you have to literally go from country to country, but it means, Hainu, for me, the same Haroi. In other words, to, to have to deal with and to break through the negative midas of the 70 nations. So this is the process. So in order for the, for the Torah to come, to be discovered from that Jew, they have to, from the Shivan Parim Torah, it has to go through the 70 languages. And Rabbi Nachman says an amazing thing. When a neshama is being put in that exile of the 70 languages for it to discover the 70 faces of Tyra, it, which is its root in the Shivim Nefesh, Azahi Ramah Shivim Kolin Keledes, then it also has to daven. It has to call out. It has to call out 70 times as well. So it's tefillah that has to be done to discover the Tyra that's all contained and that, that it's only found and discovered after breaking through the gullus of the 70 languages. Just like a woman giving birth. That before a woman gives birth, he'd say, Ekes Shivim Kolin. It's a teaching from the Tikkun Zayar, whether, you know, uh, you know whether, whether you're by the hospital and you actually count the, the amount of, uh, you know, it could be, uh, it doesn't, the, the, the physical number is irrelevant. But the Zayar Kaddish says that a, a woman giving birth calls out 70 times. Kineged Shivim Tevis, corresponding to the 70 words, Shavim Mizmar Yancha, the Mizmar Yancha Hashem B'Yam Tzar, that we say between Asher and Volatzin, the 70 words over there. That's why it's brought down as a school to say that if a woman's giving birth. And without calling out 70 times, it can't happen. The birth is not going to happen. So you have this idea. So Rabbi Nachman just sums it all up once again. That every single Jew, and again, just to clarify one, one added point, even though every single Jew is coming from one of the 70, but every single Jew within himself also has all 70 within himself. You know? That's how Kedusha works. Everything's interincluded in another. So to a certain degree, there's collectively 70 sides of Tyra, and there's 70 souls of the Jewish people, but every Jew has to sort of discover all 70 within yourself. And in order to discover that, you have to go through Golas. You have to go through a Golas of the 70 nations. And in order to deal with that gullus, you have to daven 70 times. That's the, the process. V'zeu haklal. Rabbi Nachman says this is the principle. Shekol nefesh mi Yisrael. That every single Jew. Kaidim sheyeshel hisgalus b'tayr v'avoida. Before there's a revelation of who that Jew is in terms of Torah and in terms of avoida. In other words, that's exactly like we said last week. That's the representation of the stones. The, 70, the 12 stones, that's Kla Yisrael, being turned into a mizbeach, that's avoida and turned into a Sefer Torah, that's called Taira. In order for that to happen, that it has to go through the catharsis, it has to be tested, and, uh, you know, and put through that ringer of, 70, of the, 70, of the Golas of 70, of 70 nations, 70 languages. That means they're Taivas. In order to break through those, those Golas, and then come to revelation to who, to who the person is. So that's the call from Rabbi Nachman. Now, now we, we're, we're sort of seeing this in the stones, right? In other words, uh, if you can imagine. This in, let's put it this way. This Indian of Rabbi Nachman is describing to us this process, that you have 70 souls, you have the Jewish people, that they need gula, they need to get to, they need to come to a place of gula. What does gula mean? Gula means a full revelation of who they are, a full manifestation of the 70 sides of Tyre, a full manifestation of the 70 sides of Avoida. Where everything could be unpackaged, you could do uh, hagba, you know, you could, everything could be revealed in terms of who the Jewish people are. That's called gula. That's called Eretz Yisrael. 
Eretz Yisrael means a place that everyone has their place, and it's all, it's Rechav uh, Yidayim, it's an open uh, territory, you know, Eretz Yisrael means Gula, Gula means the Shivim Nefesh, being able to fully express who they are, right? That in a nation, in, in our land, we're able to be who we are, who are we? Shivim Panam Latayr, that's who we are. Who are we? Uh, walking Mizbechas, that's who we are. But in order to get to Gula, you have to go through Golis. And what does Golis mean? Golis means being put through the process of dealing with every one of the 70 nations. And so going through one of, every one of the 70 nations means everything that's the opposite of Tyra, everything that's the opposite of Avaida, everything that is blocking that side of Tyra from being revealed, everything that's blocking the 70 sides of Tyra from being revealed, from the 70 sides of Avaida being revealed, the 70 nations block that. In order to, so a person has to go through uh, that golas, Rabbi Nachman says, in order to, to eventually have that gula. <coughs> so comes these stones. So in other words, <coughs> so the, the Rabbani Shalom now <coughs> is giving us, with this mitzvah of these stones, giving us an unbelievable bracha. Because in the, in, in, in the way Rabbi Nachman just set it up, it's the following, that in order to, again, in order to get to gula, in order to get to Eretz Yisrael, to, to discover your, the, the, uh, all the Torah and all the Avayda that you are, you have to go through all the difficulties of the 70 nations. We don't want to have to do that. The Rebbe doesn't, doesn't want us to have to do that in an extreme way. So is there a way of sort of conquering Eretz Yisrael in a way that's not as harsh, in a way that's not as difficult? And the answer is yes, and that's what these stones are about. Again, like we said from the very beginning, the Pasuk said, the Rosh said, write on these stones, right? All the things, all the mitzvahs of these stones. It's in order that you should be able to get to Eretz Yisrael. In other words, what we're going to see now that contained in this inning of these stones is a way to deal, you have to go through the goals of the 70 nations. That's what Rabbi Nachman said. There's no way out of that. But there is a way of dealing, of having, to, of going through the gulfs of the seventy nations in a way that's not as harsh, in a way that's not as overwhelming and difficult to be able to to find a path to Eretz Yisrael through the lands of the seventy nations in a way that's not so traumatic. So that's what we're going to try to see from Rabbi Nachman himself, and then we'll see it in the in the twelve stones. <clears throat> and what it's going to be related to is the following idea. We saw from before that the 12 stones that the Torah was written on, again, the Targ Mitzvahs and so on, it was Be'er Hetif. It should be in a clear manner, right? What does it mean in a clear manner? It was written the Shivim Lashim. It was written in 70 languages. So already you're seeing that the Rabbanu Shalom is being Megala site over here. There's a revelation, there's a secret being taught us over here. Is that even the 70 languages themselves, which represent the exile that's blocking the 70 souls from discovering the Torah, even those 70 languages have Torah to them. And so this is what we're going to see in the next piece of Rabbi Nachman of such an idea is that instead of thinking that in the 70 languages, in the 70 nations, no Torah, no Avaidah, nothing. You have to just break through all of that to then get there to Israel to find Torah and to find Avaidah, which is an arduous task. You know, to break through it, that's always very, very difficult. But there is an Eitzah, there is a Mahalach of what? Of getting to Eretz Yisrael and traveling through the 70 nations, but realizing that even the 70 nations that you're traveling through, not so different than Eretz Yisrael. There's also Tyra there. So we're going we're gonna to see what that means exactly. And by, by doing so, by, by thinking in those terms, then the path to Eretz Yisrael is much more clear and much more direct. 
It's not, you're not going through things, you're not dealing with 70 nations that are mamish, the opposite of Torah and Avoida and our barren wastelands of, uh, of emptiness, and then only breaking through all of that. Then you get to Eretz Yisrael. There is a path to Eretz Yisrael. There's a path to Eretz Yisrael through the 70 nations where a person can even discover elements of Eretz Yisrael in, in the 70 nations. By doing so, then the process of discovering Eretz Yisrael is much more smooth. So, for, for example, the Gemara says, Chazal say about Shlom HaMelech, right? Shlom HaMelech, in his lifetime, Eretz Yisrael was, uh, was b'milua. It was, uh, it, was as, it was as good as, as you know, as you're going to get until Mashiach. Chazal say about Shlom HaMelech that he had a chachma, that he would be able to take a piece of soil from Eretz Yisrael, smell it, and I'll be able to tell you, well, based on his understanding, if you follow this piece of land, it'll take you to a particular place in Chutzlarts, and over there it's going to be very fertile for this, for this particular type of fruit, this particular type of vegetation. Another Shlomo was able to find the root of everything in Chutzlarts in Eretz Yisrael. That's exactly, that's exactly a, a, a way, as we're going to see now from Ben Achman, to alleviate the intensity of this gullus that all 70 souls have to go through to find Eretz Yisrael. Because again, that's the principle. you got to go through the 70 exiles in order to discover the 70 sides of Torah and Avodah that you have locked within you. But in order to... In, but that's, that's the process. But if the 70 languages, 70, the 70 exiles, are a barren wasteland of Torah and Avodah, that's an arduous task to deal with that and then break through that. And then you get to Eretz Yisrael where you find Torah and Avodah again. But if we can find a path... A root of Eretz Yisrael in Chutzlarts. To be able to find a way to Eretz Yisrael, to find Torah Avaida in the lands of Chutzlarts, then you just follow that path to find a more open version and a more clear version of Torah in Eretz Yisrael. So it's not such a dramatic shift from Chutzlarts to Eretz Yisrael. And that always makes the process a little bit more simple and easy. And that's exactly what these 12 stones are representing. They represent the Jewish people discovering rediscovering themselves as Torah and as Avaida, that's called Gula, that's called Eretz Yisrael, but it was also translated in 70 languages. By translating the term 70 languages, it means that there is Torah even in the 70 languages, the 70 nations, and by realizing that, it means that there's an actual path to Eretz Yisrael within Chutzlaretz, within the 70 nations, and that allows the, the, the process of getting to Eretz Yisrael in a much more smooth and direct way. And that's what the Pasuk says. Do this mitzvah, l'ma'an ashetavah, in order that you should be able to get to Eretz Yisrael easily and conquer the land. So this is what we have to now see the next piece of Marmok, number four. What does this mean exactly of finding Eretz Yisrael in Chutzlaretz or discovering the Torah that's within the 70 languages themselves? So take a look at Marmok, number four. He quotes again, this is again from Lekut Imran Chilak Beis, Simen Ayin Ches. The Gemara. So he quotes the Gemara Psachim Kuf Yud Chesimid Aleph. So, by the way, everyone follows so far? At least the, you know, the structure what we're talking about. Okay. Fine. Enough people nod there. That's, that's good. good enough for me. Okay. The Gemara Psachim Kuf Yud Chesimid Aleph. So the Gemara says in Psachim he quotes the Gemara like this: Hani Chavav Kiel Olam Chazda Kenegid Me. The Gemara asks. We know that uh, we say in Haydu. We say it on, on Shabbos morning. So it says There's twenty six stanzas in that capital. Tilum kilo chazda twenty six times. Keneged me. What's the twenty six for? So says the Gemara. Keneged chavav daris. It corresponds to the twenty six generations that existed from the beginning of creation until Har Sinai. And in other words, the background of the Gemara is that Torah is the is 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 the schus that the world is sustained by through Talmud Torah and Loibrisa Yom Belayla. 
So the Gemara is basically asking between the lines, what sustained the world before the before Harsinai? What schus did the world have to be sustained? The answer is the Chesed of Hashem. It wasn't uh, we didn't do anything to deserve it. The Rebbeinu Shalom B'Chazday sustained the world for twenty six generations. That's the twenty sixth Kila B'Chazday. So that's the Gemara Psach. Kiyaz, or Nachman explains, like, at that point before the before Harsinai, like Hayashum Tyra. There was there was no Tyra. It seems right. In other words, historic, let's put it in a historical perspective, right? Like until now, we've been talking about the 70 nations in like, in like space, right? You have the 70 nations, that's Chutz Laaretz. Then Eretz Yisrael, you know, so the 70 nations, Chutz Laaretz means no Tyra, right? It's a barren wasteland of Tyra and And then Eretz Yisrael, that's a place of 70, 70 souls of Kal Yisrael, the 70 sides of Tyra, the 70 calls of Tefillah, of Mizmar, Yan Chashem B'Yom Tzara. So Chutz Laaretz, the 70 nations means no Torah, Eretz Yisrael, Kala Yisrael means Torah and Avayda. An historical sense, so on a map of history, so so too. Post-Arsina means Torah, Avayda, everything good. And pre-Arsina means 70 nations. It means Chutzlar, it means no Torah at all. That's what it would seem. Kisham lo yayashem Torah, there's no Torah before Arsina. The world was just preoccupied with just uh, living physically and settling the world and so on. And Chazal even, even say this in the Medrash, that to a certain degree, and others living, uh, you know, doing business and commerce and so on, is like uh, Tyra's older brother. It came before Tyra, right? Um, uh, because for those uh, 70, uh, 26 generations, there was no Tyra there. So what sustained the world? That's the Gemara Pesachim. It says, Through just the kindness of Hashem. That's the simple Pshan the Gemara. But it says we're not like this. But the truth is, yes, it was with a Chesed because no one was actually learning in a, you know, in a tangible sense. But Rebbe Nachman says, but the truth is, even before the Torah was given, in other words, in that time period that's called the 70 nations, Right? Or, in a spatial sense, the place that's called the Seventy Nations of Chutzlaretz, it must be that Torah was there. It must be Torah was there. It wasn't obvious, it wasn't clear, but it is impossible, says Rabbi Nachman, to say that there was a time where there is a space where there is no Torah. It's impossible. The Torah is forever. So you can't say that Torah only starts at this point. The Torah is forever. Forever means in time, and forever means in space. So it's an impossibility to say that there's a time or there's a space without time. Amnam, so what, so what does the Gemara mean? Rather, it means like this. Az kaidim the Torah means before Harsinai. Haisatar behelam behester means the Torah was concealed, it was hidden. It wasn't obvious, it wasn't at the forefront. Where was it hidden? So Yunachman says, Hainuki kol Dibris. So Yunachman says like this. All of Torah can be summed up in the Ten Commandments. That's what it's all about. The Uz, before Harsinai, where the Ten Commandments were said, where were the Ten Commandments then? Uz Kaidim Antar before Harsinai, Hayayud Dibris Nelamim, Bayud Mamaris Shabahen Nivra Ailam. The Ten Commandments were hidden within the ten utterances that the Rabbana Shalom used to create the physical world. In other words, the Torah was always there. But before Harsinai, it was hidden within the world of, uh, of practical living. In other words, the world of pre-Arsinah, which is the world of Chutzlart, right? The world of no Torah, the world of the 70 nations. That's not a world without Torah. It's not like you have to go through that, and then you'll discover the 70 sides of Torah, the 70 sides of Avaidah. No, no, no. The 70 sides of Torah and Avaidah, that you will discover when you break through the gullus of the 70 nations, are 70 sides of Torah and Avaidah that were always contained in the 70 nations already. 
and what you're, and therefore, when you're involved, in, when a Jew finds himself in the Golas of the seventy nations, it's not that that's an empty space of Tarnavaida. Tarnavaida is there, and if we could identify and try to connect to the Torah and Avaida that's hidden within the Golas of the seventy nations, then it's a much more smooth process to then go from there to Har Sinai or from there to Eretz Yisrael, because that's in a certain sense that's all I was involved in the whole time anyway. It's just a matter of uh, of 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 dissecting Golas to find Gula within it, as opposed to breaking through it to find something new. So Benachem explains. Nimsa. Shahaisa kola tarakula. So all of Tyra that was given to Harasina was not given then. It was revealed then. There was all kula nelemes v'nesteres b'toch yishev o'elam shniver b'yur It was all contained and hidden in the physical world that was, that was created with the ten, ten sentences. So now Benachem explains. What do I, what do I mean? Ubekol ha-dibur m'shalaylam. It means that every sentence, every word that's said in the world, not Torah, not davening, stam, uh, you know, two people are talking to each other, having a conversation. All activities, vasiyas, and all actions, everything that happens in the world. A guy is cutting down a tree. Whatever, whatever the guy is doing, nothing that seems outwardly religious, or outwardly Torah, Navaida, the kulam nelamatara, it's all Torah, it's all Torah. Any true thought, any conversation that has that, that any level of, of truth that a person ever says in their mouth from their mouth, deep down is divertire. Every request that a person ever makes, everything that a person ever wants, deep down is tefillah. Think about it. All of human interaction boils down to two things. Either you're doing something, either you're sharing something with someone else, right? Something that's already there, you're sort of sharing, right? Or you're trying to get something. I mean, those, those, that's what it boils down to, right? Either you're trying to get something or you already have it and you're using it. <laughs> that's pretty much what, what, you, what life is. That's Torah and Tefillah. Every single time a person expresses verbally, mentally, emotionally, physically that you're looking for something, that you want something, so it might look like that what you're saying is I want more money or I want food or I want a chair or I just want a vacation, I want to relax, whatever, you name it. Really what's going on deep down is that you're davening. The neshama is davening. What's the neshama davening for? It's davening to discover Torah, to discover the Rabbani Shalom. It's davening. That's tefillah. That's tefillah. And every time a person has something and you use it, or you try to unpackage it to figure it out, whatever it is, you're trying to figure out how this new machine works, or you're trying to, you're trying to accomplish something in the world, deep down, it's Torah. Deep down, it's Torah. And what your neshama is doing at that time is discovering more Torah within itself. You don't see it. We don't see it. On the surface, we just see a guy who's trying to you know, just uh, get ahead and work or, trying, or, or fetching about uh, what he doesn't have. But meanwhile, really what he's doing is learning and davening. That's what it is. And, and if a person has that mindset, then all of a sudden the gullus that you find yourself in is not such a gullus anymore. Because everything that you're doing, you can find tire in it and find feel in it. And then all of gullus is redefined as not something that you have to break through to then find tire and avayda. It was all there. You're just trying to... What, so what are you trying to do in life? You're trying to, like, like just like Renachman says, to make the Torah and Tefillah, which was hidden during the seven, in the Gaulus of the 70 nations, that it should become revealed. But the truth is that the 70, that the 70 sides of Torah are contained in the 70 languages. Again, that's in the stones. Mm-hmm. That the Tariyak Mitzvahs were translated in 70 languages, indicating that even when you're in Gaulus of the 70 languages, it's not a barren wasteland of Torah. Torah is there too. It's just hidden over. And what's your avoid? Your avoid over there is to discover the Torah and the Tefillah that is there. 
And that makes, that's called, that's called being able to find a path to Eretz Yisrael, even in Chutzlar. So Rinachman says like this, Zebechinas haderech shel Eretz Yisrael. This is what it means to find a path to Eretz Yisrael in Chutzlar. Ki iker koyach kedushas Eretz Yisrael, because the main, the main way in which the, we're, we're able to, to uh, uh, access and to experience kedushas Eretz Yisrael, ho'odei bechinas koyach ma'as of higil amoy, losses lahem nachlas goink meishapirish rashi aposik bereshis. He's reminding us of the first Rashi in Chumash, right? Rashi says in the beginning of Chumash, why did the Rabbani Shalom begin Chumash with Breshis? It should have just started with the 613, finished, right? Chodesh just start talking about mitzvahs. The answer is, as Rashi says, the Rabbani Shalom wanted to give us the strength in order to have Eretz Yisrael. And what is the strength to have Eretz Yisrael? So Rashi says, because the Goyim are going to say, you're a bunch of Ganovim, you're a bunch of thieves, who gave you Eretz Yisrael? So we're going to be able to say, no, 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 look in Breshis. It says the Rabbani Shalom created the world. And since he created the world, so he created the world, he's in charge. He gave it to you for a certain time, then he gives it to us for another time. In other words, what Rashi's telling us is, is that Maisa Breshis contains within it the path to Eretz Yisrael. Mm-hmm. The way to get to Eretz Yisrael is not just in a vacuum. It's, it, it, the, the way to get to Eretz Yisrael is even through the, the physical world that the Rabbanu created, even the Chutzlar world. That's a way to get to Eretz Yisrael. <clears throat> So he says, Nimsa she'ikr koyach Eretz Yisrael, means the main way to get to Eretz Yisrael, which means, Torah, an expressed version of Torah and Tefillah, strong, strong, strong in, in Eretz Yisrael. The way to do that is by first connecting to Torah and Tefillah in Chutzlart. Nivachinas yud mamar shebehem nivro oilam, shemachinas koyach masav, shaydei zev, through through discovering and through bimakashi yourself to Torah and, uh, and, and Avaida, as, it, as it's hidden in Golas, that's the way to then easily, smoothly transition into Eretz Yisrael. So it's not so far. In other words, let's go back. So what the Rabbani Shalom is doing a chesed to us with this mitzvah is, is that he's giving us the kayak to conquer Eretz Yisrael smoothly and easily, despite the fact that in order to conquer Eretz Yisrael, you have to go through Golas of the 70 nations. But instead of thinking of the Gulf of the Seventy Nations as a place that has no Torah to it and no Tefillah to it, and you have to just just deal with it, you know what I mean, and hold your breath, you know, and close your eyes and close your ears and so on, just to, to you know, and do the best you can to just deal with all the seventy waves that are hitting on you on the head. Once that passes, then you'll be able to find Tarnavayda. In such a th- that's a mahalach, you can do that, but that's that's going to be a very very painful gulf. But in order that it should be a gul barachimim, a redemption that's barachimim, that's with chesed, that's a smooth, and a, a process that's, hap, that's, that's, that's more, uh, that the transition is not as extreme. So this is the etza of having these stones, which is Torah and Avaidah, the Jewish people, that's called gula, but realizing that those stones are themselves written in the 70 languages. That in the, la- in the, in the world of Golas, which seems on the outside as barren of Torah over there is also Torah And in truth, the Torah that you'll discover in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlar, is really just a more of an original version or a, uh, you know, a Lashon Kaidish, like a version of the Torah that you already had in Chutzlar. Practically speaking, so it means, like Rabbi Nachman said, it means that even in Golas, the more a person can orient themselves to think that everything that I'm doing, the Rabbani Shalom is there, Torah is there, tefillah is there. Every request that a person ever makes, all hishtadlis in this world, whether it might look like on the outside that it's hishtadlis to, to succeed in Oil Haza. But the truth is, as far as the neshama is concerned, all hishtadlis, even in this, in this pre-Eretz Yisrael, pre-Gula world, 
all Hishtadlis from the Neshama's perspective is really all about one thing. It's like the, like the famous uh, clip from Shlomo Karbach. I'm not going to try to you know, imitate it. You know, but he's, he was giving like a Fabrang, whatever you want to call it, a concert by uh, like an Egged bus driver thing, you know what I'm talking about? And so he had a line over there. He's like, oh, you holy bus drivers. And he's like, um, he says something like, when a Yid asks you, like, how do I get to Tel Aviv or something? How do I, you know, what's the route to Tel Aviv? Really what they're asking, like, what do I do with my life, you know? <laughs> so like that, you know, that, that's, you know, that's how uh, Shlomo Kavach put it. But it's 100% true. That's not, it's not only for an Egged bus driver. It's every time, this is what it means to break through the gullet, to discover the tyrant of having, finding the path of Eretz Yisrael in Chutzlarts means to orient ourselves, to realize that everything that happens to us and everything that we're doing is rooted in Torah and And every time we're asking for directions to get to Tel Aviv or whatever, we're really asking, like, how do I find the Rabbanish right? And everything that we're trying to conquer and accomplish in this world, really what the Neshama really wants to conquer and accomplish is, tyran, is in Torah and Avayda. And, and it means more than that. It also means that everything that we're going through in life, just like Torah is... is is, 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 the Gemara says that a person has to learn, when a person is learning, the Shekhinah Shorei Kenegda, the Divine Presence is, is with you. And whenever a person davens, you stand like you're standing before a king. It means the presence of Hashem is with you. It means, to, it means that every single experience we have, even in Chutzar, it's a person has to, be, be, let's put it this way, because deep down, behind every experience, even in Chutzar, and even in the 70 languages, deep down, it's an experience of Tarn Avayda. Because of that, because Tarn Avayda result in the Shekhinah being with you, it means the Shekhinah is with you and everything you experience in Galas too. And by even recognizing that and trying to attach yourself to that amuna that the Rabbani Shalom is with you and everything that you do, why? Because deep down, what you're really, what you're really asking for is, is to get closer to God. And what you're really trying to accomplish in life is to get closer to God. So then all of a sudden, that itself gives you the path to Eretz Yisrael. That itself makes the process smoother and easier to actually discover what it is that you've been looking for the whole time. And to, re- and to, and to bring out the Torah and that was that's, that's hidden over, over, over Gauls. To be able to find the Eretz Yisrael from within Chutzlarts. Take a look at Maramokka number 5, just to end off. When I put this together, I didn't chop it, but um, I said, uh, it is the arts of the Kamarna tonight. So this is a piece from the Kesemoyfer, one of the Kamarna's farm on Megillus Esther. So he has a piece over here. Is a, this is a he, he, he quotes this a lot in his farm. Shem yeida adam, shakadosh baruchum sham. So he said, going back from the Balsham already, that says to the Kamarna, if a person knew that the Rabbanin Shalom is hidden in the gullus that you find yourself in. So it's not the Pshat, again, it's not like in Eretz Yisrael, that's where Torah is. Torah means the Rabbanin Shalom, that's where Tefillah is, that means the Rabbanin Shalom. In Eretz Yisrael, that's where God is, Torah and Tefillah. In Chutzlars, there is no the Rabbanin Shalom here. There is no Torah, there is no Tefillah, I just gotta, I gotta just like deal, handle it and deal with it until I get to Eretz Yisrael. No, we're to- that's exactly the opposite of what we're talking about. That makes... That makes the discovery of Eretz Yisrael very, very difficult. But if a person can remember that even in Chutzlar, it's everything, every single one of the sen- ten sentences that created the physical world is itself the Aseris Adibris in hiding, it means that everything in life that we're doing is tefillah, and everything we're accomplishing in life is Be'etzim Taira, and because it's Taira and tefillah, the Rabbani Shalom is there and ever-present, in our experiences, then the more we can be conscious of that, the more it's Ice Gullus, the more that itself will just bring us to Eretz Yisrael, just like Shlomo Melech, that he's able to sense where 
where in Eretz Yisrael this piece of Chutzlaretz is connected to. So said the Kamarna, if a person remembers that the Rabbani Shalom is hidden in all the experiences of life, then Ein Zastar then guess what? Then he's not hidden anymore. Ki kishayeda adam ba'amuna If a person knows with, absolute, with great faith, shalufa yishol oilam ba'kol tanua, that the, the general of the world, the Rabbani Shalom, is in every movement of life, every movement of life, miyag yispar kopali oven, then immediately... The exile itself, the 70 nations that are covering over that truth, uh, their entire strength comes from the Jewish person like, thinking that they're in control. By, by us pre- forgetting the fact that, that there's Eretz Yisrael under Chutzlaretz, that gives Chutzlaretz dominance. But a person can remember that behind all things, is, it's all Eretz Yisrael. And then Chutzlaretz is redefined as what? As a path to Eretz Yisrael. It's just a way in which we could get to a, to a place on earth called Eretz Yisrael, where Eretz Yisrael is open. But everything is, is, is Eretz Yisrael, Dick. Then what? Then you spar the Kabbali oven. Ke'en shul metziyas built Hashem Yisparach. There is no reality, uh, true reality, other than the Rabbani Shalom. Afil b'sha'as hadin. Even at a time of difficulty. Ube'im yeida she'luv v'shalom m'satosham. And if a person, even at a time of difficulty, knows that the Rabbani Shalom is there, is, is just hidden there, and that itself has a way of sweetening the judgments, and his galahar, and the light will be able to be revealed. And that's the secret of these stones. Let's go back. The Ramban said, according to the Bahag, that this is counted as one of the 613. Why? Because although the act of erecting these stones was a one-time deal, but its effect is forever. What's the effect of these stones? So in Primius, the effect of these stones is, is that because those stones were erected, and it means that the language of the 70, of old Torah was, was, was established as what, as, as something that's translated in all 70 languages, it means that forever, since that time, it means that all of Chutz has is now able to be redefined as just basically a derech Torah Yisrael. It's Torah in hiding, tefillah in hiding, and that's exactly how eventually we'll be able to get to Torah out of hiding and tefillah out of hiding. B'gula v'shalim v'amitis, barachimim, v'yeskol tzedek, mehevimeno amen. Amen.